0: Hey everybody, my name is Wara. Hey everybody, my name is Prabhakar Dithia. And welcome back to another episode of our podcast, Questioning Dogma. That's right, the podcast where we question and talk about almost anything and everything. No topic is off limits. Absolutely, it can be a social topic, an economic topic, or a political topic. We will discuss it in great length, even though absolutely nobody asked for it. that's right, nobody asked for a bean, yet we will provide it anyway. If you could drop us a rating or follow us, that helps us out a great deal. Today is November 4th, one day after election day in America 2020. Right now is the calm before the storm. Americans are holding their breath. They're waiting for something, some news on what's gonna happen. Some candidates have already said that they're winning and they've prematurely declared a win, which is not true. And other candidates are just waiting. The two candidates everyone is paying attention to, the two presidential candidates, Donald J. Trump and Joe Biden.
1: Uh, Let's take a look at where we stand right now. Right now it's uh, two o'clock Eastern Standard Time, uh, November 4th. You know, we've had a pretty polarizing night and Uh, I think to get the key things out of the way, the House is going to the Democrats. Um, It seems like they are going to keep the majority. Uh, However, it it doesn't seem like they will win the Senate. It seems really, really close um, according to multiple different news sources, including Politico, Bloomberg, you know, um, it, it seems really close. I think personally that with, you know, the way that everything's turning out, we have to wait and see. But I think it is possible that that the Senate could turn majority blue, which is going to be a huge spell for the Democrats. Um, and and that's, that's going to dictate how certain, uh, um, you know, legal battles are going to be fought, especially when regarding police cams. Uh, I know in 2018, I mean, 2020, I apologize, there's this huge battle of of uh police cams and qualified immunity and that's going to be a hot seat um if the that's going to be going uh in favor of the democrat side if the senate flips blue uh Roe v. wade again if the senate flips blue that's going to be a huge uh a pivotal pivotal moment for the democrats and a huge win for uh um uh, for for women all across america um right now it's gop 48 so we have to wait and see and And here we go to the presidential election, which is the the result I know all of America has been waiting for. And we are just, uh, you know, almost neck and neck. Biden Politico is reporting that Biden has two thirty eight and Trump has two fourteen. You know, we we definitely have to wait and see. The media is all over the place. This is one of the most sporadic elections I think in recent recent history. New data is coming in every every minute, every second. Uh, We're looking at Nevada looking blue slightly, Michigan and Wisconsin, which is huge for Biden. If if Michigan turns blue, then it's going to be really, really tight, and Trump needs Nevada or a a sliver of hope in order for him to win the election. And, And, you know, going back, we have some ways to win. I'm going to shout out to Politico for this, and I'm going to just kind of break it down for everybody. What the kind of ways to win are, and so right now, you know, Georgia is a key battleground state. Michigan, North Carolina, Nevada, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. The way it's seeming is that Wisconsin might go to Biden, which, um, you know, that's that's something that we have to wait until the obviously all the electoral votes come in. But if if uh, Wisconsin goes to Biden, then Trump only has six ways to win, which means that Biden. It's looking very close that Biden's going to win Georgia. Obviously Atlanta is a a key, key county. Uh, You know, DeKalb, Cobb County and Gwinnett are are key, key battleground counties, which will, which will help uh, kind of turn the tide. And I think that those are things that we have to look out for, at least right now. And, um, you know, it's seemingly really close. uh, If, if I think, you know, if all goes as predicted, then Nevada is going to be the key battleground state to which it comes down to. Um, you know, assuming that Michigan goes blue, it's it's um, it's it's definitely anyone's ball game when it comes to Nevada. And right now, Michigan is looking looking really really close. Uh, Pennsylvania is looking really really close. Shout out to Philly. I know Philly and Pittsburgh are are, are neck and neck.
0: And so, you know... So one thing that's really interesting to me is the media and the role it's playing right now. Usually in elections, the media is very premature as to voting these results. And uh, they call a state even before we have the confirmation. So a lot of people don't know this, but typically... Um, in an election, the state votes are not confirmed until a couple weeks after the election day by the election officials. And that's when you have the absolute confirmation that a state went red or blue. And uh, the media has a very bad habit of prematurely, you know, saying that um, a state is red or blue on election day or even the day after. And that's just simply not true. So right now, let's take Florida, for instance, a lot of media outlets have said Florida has gone red, which is true at the moment. And right now, if you look at Florida, Biden is about 600,000 votes behind Trump. And that's very interesting to me because Florida, as you know, um, has said that they're counting mail in ballots up until Friday, and that could easily tip the point over to Biden it's that close. And a lot of these battleground states, it's really close like that. So I think it's very irresponsible for media outlets to go in and just say that a candidate has simply won the state before even knowing all these things. And the other thing based on these mail-in ballots with, uh, you know, counting up until Friday, a lot of the um, politicians, uh, mostly on the Republican side are saying that they're fraudulent and you cannot count these ballots after election day. And that's super interesting to me because in a regular election, ballots are counted a couple of days after the election day anyway. This is nothing new. And saying that it is because of this election is simply false. I don't understand where this logic is coming from. And it's again, just another ploy to, you know, make the uh, votes that are being fairly counted, seem untrustworthy. And I just don't think that's right whatsoever. It's just another dirty political move. And then you look at, again, you look at back at the media, you know, tipping these points over, it's just polarizing the nation even more. They know people want to know something. And they're taking advantage of that by reporting premature data, because most people they'll watch a channel and they'll say, oh, Biden is at 66, Trump is at whatever, 55," and then they'll flip to another channel and they'll see Biden, oh, Biden is up at 85 and now Trump is at 55. What channel will they prefer to watch? The one that is ahead or the one that's behind? Even though that really is not a fair comparison because one channel might just be simply saying that we don't have enough information Provide a declaration of which state has gone to whom, and that's very important because a lot of media has to decide: do we be patient and think about, you know, getting the right data, or do we have enough information to make this decision already, and we can just say that, you know, this has gone to a certain candidate. This is a very important role the media has to play, and honestly. I'm very uh, skeptical of the media's role here because as we've seen in the last couple of years and this year especially, the media has just not done a very good job of, you know, handling data and news in general and has been misinforming the public in many different occasions. So I'm very skeptical of that. But I think it is very important for, you know, the um, the average american citizen to just be skeptical of what they're seeing on media and to just question you know is has the state really gone red or blue and uh, should i wait a little longer to like you know form an opinion on it i think that's very important the media is like raj said the media's job is to accurately
1: and effectively report these votes as they come in and at least on the east coast we're not going to hear from them for a while because you know, uh, this is this is one of the most polarizing election that we should get right. And I hear a lot of people complaining: Why didn't they count the votes later? Why are they waiting? Excuse me. Why are they waiting so much? But the key thing is that you know these are human beings; they can't do everything all at once. You gotta stay up all the way till five a.m. And these are volunteers, so you know you gotta consider if you. I, I volunteered. Um, a while back in my hometown, and uh, you know, I saw how it was like the whole the whole process of having people come in, sign ballots. And It's a very, very tedious and very long, ardu- arduous process that that's not as easy as people think. And so, you know, especially in these huge, huge counties like um, like Gwinnett and and Philadelphia County in uh, Pennsylvania. You know these these huge counties are going to take so much time to just figure out every single vote, and it's so important because, uh, you know, in any election, let alone this election, that every vote is counted, and and I think I think we have to wait. And Donald Trump, obviously, as Raj said before, uh, claiming that he won, you know, that's that's not true at all, and both Republicans and Democrats see that. Um, again, if, if I think apart from the presidential election, the biggest election will be the Senate. It's so close and, and anything can turn the tide. And if house goes, uh, I mean, if the Senate goes blue, uh, you know, it's, and, and Donald Trump, uh, and and Joe Biden wins. I think, I think, um, we're going to have to wait and see how, how how polarizing this is going to become because you know the supreme court as as many of you know is red it's it's um donald trump uh is his administration uh they pulled a huge power play with little pump in dade county a last minute push and then with amy coney barrett uh just recently it's it's looking really polarizing and i think i think um you know the presidency, obviously is super important, but more so than the presidency, the Senate is going to be a very hotly contested
0: battle. Absolutely, I mean, there's so many other concerns with this election that. I can't even begin to get into right now, you look at. Let's just look in the future and say, for instance, that Trump is going to win. If Trump wins. There's obviously going to be a lot of opposition and. A lot of people will be upset and I will not be surprised if there is violence and protests. But if you look on the flip side and say that Biden wins, I feel like it will be more violent and more protests and just more polarization. Because think about what will happen if Biden wins. Trump has already stated on many different occasions that he will not leave the White House peacefully and he, he you look at some of the other things that he has done over the course of this year and it's all a tactical move whether it is appointing amy Conan barrett to the supreme court or you know saying on multiple occasions that he's not going to leave peacefully and claiming that mail in ballots are fraudulent and all these other things it's all a tactical move to prepare for the possibility that he's not going to win and biden is going to win if biden wins i say on november 4th if biden will win trump will first ask for a recount that's the first basic thing you do if biden wins that then trump will take this to the supreme court and argue about the the fraudulent mail-in ballots that he believes to be fraudulent and he's going to question uh, Pennsylvania, Florida, probably Texas, all these battleground states. Um, he's going to take them to the Supreme Court. And what's key here is uh, look at Pennsylvania, they've already have permission from the Supreme Court to count ballots later than the election day, which is again, not a new practice. They already have permission. And as the is stated earlier, you know, you have to remember these are human beings, volunteers counting these votes. It's not, it's not reasonable to, you know, just expect them to have these votes counted by election day. You have to give them some more time, and then you have the USPS also trying to deliver these uh, mail-in ballots on time. You have all these aspects going in, and you don't want a vote to go to waste. And the biggest concern here is voter suppression more than anything. I. I'm less concerned about fraudulent mail-in ballots than I am about voter suppression. The statistics clearly show that fraudulent mail-in ballots are far more unlikely than voter suppression. So, I think, again, all these moves that have been made by the Trump administration in this in the past have led to where we're going, and that is this uh, decision going to the Supreme Court and the American people just holding their breath for the next couple of weeks, even months, waiting to see what's going to happen, because I truly do believe if Biden wins, Trump will take this to court and we'll just be waiting. And all this time, Trump will be in the White House, not leaving. And I think that's so concerning because that's so unprecedented. Uh, never before has a president said that he's not going to leave the white house if he loses or after his term ends.
1: raj mentioned a lot of great points about how the trump campaign is kind of not taking any losses whether it be um one state whether it be multiple states they're not taking it uh, lightly at all and i think we have to wait and see you know uh, Trump Trump campaign was was claiming that this will go to the Supreme Court, and we really have to see. I mean, the, the the election that we are in right now is arguably most polarizing of our time, and um, the the electoral votes and the Electoral College, which is just so up in air, which has been going for for centuries, is is in question, and and you know. When we are looking at uh, Trump, the Trump campaign and the Trump decision making, right, when Michigan, if Michigan flips blue, then it comes down to Nevada, unless Biden wins North Carolina. And, and, you know, we really have to wait and see. But what I can tell you is that the Trump administration is not going to take this lying down and and pennsylvania is is still in the running they have they will they will push forward and you know as as was mentioning we have a lot of a lot of legal substance going on both sides are are lowered up to the max you know they they are have their according to msnbc you know they're having they're having lawyers flying from all over the country on both sides, on Democratic and Republican sides, just to just to just to contest it, contest the results. So, for people wondering, you know, what's going on, I'll tell you this much: it's far from over. Uh, whether whether or not we, you know, AP projects that there's a a winner of the election tonight, I think you're gonna have to wait uh quite a while honestly honestly quite a while in order to to really find out who's the true winner of this election and we can only hope even then that there was no outside interference either russia china iran you know uh that none of these countries had an impact on our election so it's it's very powerful roger do you want to talk more about how if if it does go to supreme court the way this will spin in whoever's
0: favor See, that's very interesting to me. And I think th- there's absolutely no doubt in my mind if it goes to the Supreme Court that Trump and the Republican Party will win it. They have appointed Amy Conan Barrett to the Supreme Court, and it's all a tactical move. The reason why they pushed for this is because they were anticipating something like this to happen. And in case it happens, which it may very well happen, the... The Supreme Court will likely rule in favor of the Republican Party. And the thing is, Amy Conan Barrett's vote is so crucial to the Supreme Court because it has been deadlocked for a while now. And now that um, former Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg has passed away and Amy Conan Barrett has been appointed. The ruling will almost always go in favor of the Republican Party. And that's truly is very concerning. I've been saying this for a while, but It, it really does make me very upset how this whole point, um, you know, appointment happened and how it really how fast and how rapidly took place. You look back at twenty sixteen, and when the Democratic Party wanted to appoint a Supreme Court justice before um, Obama's term was up, they didn't let them, and they said on many different occasions that this is not right. You should wait for the next uh, presidential candidate, and so they did. And on many different occasions, can um, senators such as Lindsey Graham they said that you can quote me later, and you know when. When we're in a situation where the Republican Party wants to uh, appoint somebody and we're in the situation, you can quote me and I will not, um, you know, I will back down because I'm a man of my word and people did quote him and he did not back down. The hypocrisy is just incredible. Now, I don't lean towards the Democratic Party or the Republican Party. I believe that both candidates are pretty terrible, but the one thing that I absolutely detest was how the appointment of Amy Coney Barrett took place, how fast the Republican Party kind of flipped what it said back in 2016, and how fast they got this done. It was almost you know within a month, I believe. What really disgusts me is that there's so many other issues and so many other concerns that they proved by doing this that they can pass and that they can, you know, issue, they can make laws for and they can fix so fast, but they choose not to. This proves that they choose not to fix things. They have the power to, they have the speed to do so. They just choose not to do it. You think about the stimulus bill, it still has not been passed. Trump is literally holding it hostage. He said that he will not pass it until the election is up why are we waiting for the stimulus bill to be passed people are losing their homes they don't have enough to eat they're losing jobs they need that bill it's issues like that that really concerns me and upsets me because stuff like that can be passed and again the senate has proved they have the power and the speed to do so they choose not to
1: we are really in one of the most you know pivotal, pivotal elections of our lifetime. And I think this is important to say, no matter who wins, our fight for equity, justice, and development does not stop. Whether Biden wins, don't forget what happened, you know, this year, do not forget that. Because no matter who wins, the fight still continues. We need to keep pushing, keep advocating, keep fighting in the courts, Um, that, you know, for people's rights and people's justices. It can't stop just because Biden wins or Trump wins. It it should not stop. If Biden wins, we should not stop for advocating and changing laws that are, are, are flawed inherently and wrong and morally wrong. We should keep Fighting and advocating for the benefit of everybody—that's how America keeps getting better. Uh, not stopping just because a Democratic president is finally in in office. That's not going to change what 400, 500 years of injustices and systemic racism is going to is going to do. You know, Biden isn't magic magically going to snap his fingers and then flip that. You know, it comes from the people and. For at least for me, if there's one thing you take away from what I'm saying, it's that you don't forget that the power is in is with the people, not you know, Biden. It's it's with the people. Advocating in the courts, advocating in the streets, advocating wherever. The people are in power. The candidate you vote for, you should trust that they will improve people's lives for the better. It's not an election for For uh, laughs and giggles. You know, I saw 50,000 people vote for Kanye. I love the guy's music, but I'm not going to vote for him for president. And
0: frankly, I don't think anybody should. I think the biggest thing we can take away from this election and the most positive thing that has really come out of it is the fact that so many more people have taken interest in politics and so many more people have gone out to vote. And I think we, as Aditya said, I don't think we can forget this. And we have to remember this in the coming years and we have to continue voting and voicing our opinions, taking an interest in politics. You don't have to go full out, attend every rally and debate everyone on politics and talk about it 24 seven. But you should have some sort of understanding about how the government in your country works. It's very irresponsible to vote for a certain candidate while being misinformed and not knowing what their policies are and to simply vote for them because your friends or family voted for them. But I think that's where we'd like to end our episode today. We just wanted to briefly discuss our thoughts on this election and there's so much more to talk about here. But I think that's a good start. We will definitely be back next week to talk more about this election and what's going on. Thank you so much. For being a listener of our podcast even after all the times that we haven't posted
1: thank you everybody for tuning in to another episode of questioning dogma we're available on apple Podcasts, spotify audible and youtube